moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to More Moss to the People, the one-year anniversary of this beautiful podcast. Beautiful to me and hopefully beautiful to you. It's November 7th. I went out and voted today in Ohio. And uh, it felt kind of good. It felt kind of good to be in, uh, in America and getting to use my voice here as I am a dual citizen of Sweden and the U.S., so it's been a it's been a really beautiful day, and I'll be honest with you, it's taken me a good bit of time to sit down and actually hit the record button. And I think I'm excited. I think that I'm nervous. I think that um, I want it to be important. I want it to come across to you in a way that. I need to I need to be able to capture somehow what this movement means to me. And I've asked God for guidance and to be my co-partner and be, to be sitting here on my shoulder with me as I do this because all I can do is be myself as always, right? That's the only thing I can do is to show up as myself and to know that I am enough. And whatever it is that I say today is going to come into your heart and I trust that you'll hear me. I'll trust that you feel this. And if you are moved to share it with somebody else, that is terrific. Um, but my intention is really to sit and talk to you today about what this journey has looked like for me in this past year. Um, and it has been one of the best years of my life. Now, for me to say that, that's, that is a, a very big and important statement, and I say it with no levity in my heart. I say it with absolute conviction that starting this podcast was a way for me to literally be, I'm walking down the road, doo -doo 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 -doo, and then all of a sudden it's like, I went from here to here. I mean, I took a sharp right turn, okay? And... I'm meaning that in my day and in my life and in my week and in my work and what that was going to look like, I had no idea. And it came to me absolutely with spontaneous downloading of how 
this was going to look. Now, I'm going to give you some history. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a summary of how the whole more moss to the people movement even came about. I'm going to share all of that with you. I'm going to share the story of how the term more moss to the people even came up. I'm going to start it with a story and I'm going to end it with a reading. Okay. So I'm going to come full circle and I'll be honest, I have no idea how long this is going to take. So I hope that it doesn't go too long for you, but that you'll be able to listen in as long as you're able and then maybe come back if you need some extra time. So the story of more moss to the people, people are like, what in the world does that mean, Asa? I mean, I love moss, the thought of moss, but what does it mean? Okay, I'm going to go backwards in time. A dear friend of mine by the name of Angela Statzer, who lives in Huntersville, North Carolina, whom I've known since the early 2000s, she was a neighbor of mine. She and I, we dis- we talk on Voxer, something called Voxer. And uh, it's not, I don't see her. We don't have a video. It's just literally, I'm talking to her. I leave her a message. She responds. She listens and responds back to me. So we only speak on messages. And one day I had posted a video in the forest and I was on Instagram and I was talking about, you know, what it felt like for me to be in the middle of my business day as a life coach going out and kind of relaxing and just reconnecting with God, reconnecting with source and mother nature. And I do this by walking in the moss and how I love the moss and how peaceful I feel standing in the moss. And I'm just having a conversation about the moss. And Angela saw this uh, episode and she writes me or calls me and she's like, awesome. I love the moss too. I didn't know you loved the moss. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. It's one of my favorite places to go. I love to go to the Swedish forest. That's where I live. It's in Sweden. I love to go out in the forest in Sweden and just be with God. That's it. I mean, that's whether you believe in God or not, it doesn't matter. I do. I believe in a higher power and I connect with this higher power the best when I am in the forest and standing there just completely at ease with myself, with the world in that moment when I am connecting. So we started talking about, you know, I also feel like my life is going so fast because it's like I need to go to the forest to relax. I need to get someplace to relax. And I don't really want that. I want to be able to relax wherever I am. Uh, I want to be mindful of where I am. And Angela's like, I do too. I want to drive slower. I don't want to be rushing everywhere. I don't want to be like worrying about the next best thing and having all the things and having all the money and having all the cars and the clothes and the da 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 right? So I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Me too. I don't want that either. You know, I was raised in America and I feel that my pace inside of me was so harried and so hectic and so completely and totally out of control that I didn't even know who the hell I was. I mean, I became a crazy person. I was just just floating everywhere. Like there was absolutely no vision for my life. It was just like kind of like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll do it. I was like floating all the time, like wherever. Yeah. You want to go do that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go here. Let's go here. And it just wasn't a part of me anymore. And I was growing out of it. It was like, it was like a suit that I was wearing that was so tight that I couldn't get into it anymore. And I don't know about you, but if you have ever worn clothing that does not fit you quite right, uh, you know how uncomfortable that is. And that's what was happening is that I didn't know necessarily how I could change my life or how I could change my ways. Um, 
So I wanted to get to meet other people that were like, I wanted to be led by other people. I wanted to witness other people that were choosing to slow down in their lives because I needed help. I needed help to slow down. So Angela and I are talking back and forth and we're like, yeah, I want more moss. And I'm like, me too. I think we all need more moss. And then I'm sitting, I'm talking to her like on my telephone again. She's not looking at me and I'm not looking at her. I'm just talking into my telephone. And I just say, more moss to the people. And my arm goes flying up like I am some revolutionary. And I'm like, Angela, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've got my hand up, my arm in the air. Like I am fighting the fight right now. I'm like, wait a minute. Moss isn't about fighting. Moss is about coming back to self. I was like, oh, so all of a sudden it's like, whoosh. I'm like, Angela, there's something to this. She's like, Asa, there's absolutely something to this. We need to figure this out. What does this mean? I don't know. It feels big. It feels like it's really important. It feels like it's much bigger than us. And if we feel this way, then I know other people feel this way too. So that's how this conversation started. We're like, more moss to the people. We're going to get sweatshirts and we're going to get a logo. And, you know, that, that's how it started. We're going to get sweatshirts. That's how the more moss to the people movement got started. We're going to do sweatshirts. We don't have any sweatshirts, but I want sweatshirts. If you know how to make sweatshirts, get back to me. <laughs> if you know how to make sweatshirts, easy for me to say. So, so I start working. Um, I had already started working to get a website created. And this angel who is still my podcast production manager, his name is Kamal Osley. And he is this gorgeous soul that lives in Sweden. And he was creating my website for me. And we were just talking. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted a website created. So I start creating a website, moremostothepeople.com. Really, I mean, I started creating a website around me and Angela having a conversation about more most of the people. Had no idea what we were going to do with this. No clue. We're going to sell sweatshirts. <laughs> right? So Camille is making this beautiful website uh, for me out of his company called AP Designs, which is a company invested with Sweden. Arian Parsi, wonderful guy that I worked with. He's the owner of the company. We're sitting together. We're talking about this. We're making like this game plan. Like, what do you want this to look like? How do you want this to be? And we're just like dreaming. We're in a dream state. And they're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, I know I want to interview people. I want to meet cool people. I want to talk to people that are doing this, that are slowing their lives down, choosing to live their lives in a way that is like super duper authentic to them. Maybe not necessarily like what everybody else in the world is doing, which I love. I love people that are not embarrassed to be themselves because I was that person. I was the person that was so embarrassed to be different. I didn't want to be different. I spent my entire childhood trying to fit in because I was Swedish. I had moved to America. I didn't know how to speak English. I didn't know what the, cust the customs were, the cultures were. I didn't know what the foods were to eat. I didn't know how to play games. I didn't know the rules. I knew nothing. I felt like an ass my entire childhood. So all I wanted to do was fit in. Now, fast forward to my 20s, I start realizing, wait a minute, also, maybe you're not like everybody else. And so I started to be okay with that. I started to be okay with meeting people that were really, really nice, like that were just, okay, maybe they're not like me, but they're really kind. They're loving people. They love to have a nice time. They love to help other people. They love to volunteer. They love to see other people that are hurting. They love to put out a helping hand to somebody that might need a helping hand. Those are my kind of people. 
Yeah. So I started to see that it's okay. I can be myself. Wait a minute. I can be myself with these people. It's okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. So now go to my 30s. I'm safe. I'm meeting new people. I'm changing my life. I'm moving to new places. I get married. Um, I've moved to North Carolina, meet more wonderful people and meet people like Angela. And I meet so many like Jade Ponovich, who's been my guest, Sandy Michael, excuse me, Sandy um, Storm, who has been on my podcast as well. And I have met so many gorgeous people, Kim Bergman and so many angels uh, in North Carolina that are still friends of mine, really dear people in my heart. And so what started happening was the pace of my life started to get faster and faster and faster again. And I had to like pull myself out. So what did I do? I moved to Sweden. Instead of dealing with my actual problem of like looking at myself and saying, hey, wait a second, why am I trying to do everything, everything? I decided to move to Sweden, to relocate back to Sweden after my divorce was final. And I did. I did. And I thought that was going to be the answer, right? I thought that's going to make everything better because now I've moved to Sweden and Sweden is so calm and Sweden is so nice and Sweden is so clean. And it's true. Yes, all of that is true. The problem is me. I was the problem. I just took myself, moved myself from America to Sweden, had chaotic life in America. So naturally, how long you think it took me to create a chaotic life for myself again, right? Because where's the problem? It's not out there, darling. It is right in here. I'm the problem. So it took me having to have a serious reckoning with God and realizing I'm the problem. I'm the problem in my own life. How am I going to solve this? Well, I'm going to solve this by really taking accountability for self, really looking at who have I hurt? What have I said? What have I done? What can I change? Because I hated who I had become. See, this is all going to come full circle in my story. I promise you I'm telling you a story here because I love my story time. You know that. So now coming back to more moss to the people, what had happened was, again, I had gotten myself into this crazy pace of doing a bunch of crazy things, thinking I'm helping everybody else. I'm going to solve their problems, solve their problems, solve their problems. See, you see in a pattern here that you're also, you're stepping out of your, you're stepping out of your lane. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I have no problem getting in your lane. Oh, I can see all your problems. I can see what you're doing wrong. I can see how you need to fix. I, you know, I can see all of that. Again, where's the mirror? Where's the reflection? Look at myself. I need to look at myself and look within. And how do I do that? By slowing down my pace. And now that I am 56 years old, of course, I started this when I was 55 years old, right? A year ago, I was 55. And I needed to slow down. What do I need? I need help. I need help because obviously I've got a problem. I need to find other people who are doing this in a way that I need to model. I need to, like, I still need to be myself, but I need to see it's possible that maybe I don't have to sit and stress every day, all day about being a life coach and I got to make a million dollars because ever seems every single life coach in the world is making a million dollars, which I don't understand how these people are all making a million dollars. But you know, these are my models. Maybe I need to change my models. Maybe I need to focus on something more relevant, something more vital and important for me. And what is that? That is looking at something much bigger, bigger, much bigger than money. Because yes, money is energy. Money, I absolutely, completely and totally understand that money is absolutely 
relevant and it comes and goes and I get it, totally get it. But that was my primary focus. I need money. And if I don't have money, then how am I going to help my family? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Interestingly enough, I start a podcast out of out of the sky, it drops. I'll say, you're going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. Okay. So I start a podcast with this beautiful angel, Kamel. I ask him, listen, can you help me? I know you've got this website, but I want to start a podcast and it needs to launch on November 11th, 11, 22. Can you help me? He's like, yes. Do we know what we're doing? No. Can we figure it out? How hard can it be? My favorite, favorite statement. Honestly, I say it all the time. How hard can it be? Really, my life is led by those that statement, and it's going great. So when I took that off the table of the hyper focusing of, I'm a life coach, and I'm gonna I'm gonna create products and programs, and I'm gonna charge this much money for it, and I have to sell this many in order to have this kind of quality of my life, and then I'll be happy. And I'm like, like take this and let's put that over here, and let's put that on the back burner for right now, and I'm gonna focus on creating something in the world that is so much more important and so much bigger than my bank account that is going to matter. And you know how I knew it mattered was that every person that I spoke with said, wow, God, I know I really need to slow down too, because you know what? I don't even feel present in my own life. I am so stressed. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. My life's a shit show. You know how many people I have in my life that say my life is a shit show. I mean, that's it's heartbreaking. And I'm like, you know what? Listen to the clues. Sniff the clues. The clues are here. The clues are here. And the clues are saying, slow down. Asa, it starts with you. How, what do I got to do? I got to slow down. What do I got to do? I want to start interviewing people that are slowing down, that are doing life in their way, that are like choosing a different way of life for themselves even though it's hard, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard, they still do it and they're showing up for themselves first, first, and then they're showing up for their families and then they're showing up for their community. And then they're, see you see how it goes out, right? It goes out, it goes out, it goes out. But it starts with seeing self, tending to self, looking at what it is that I am doing to create the mayhem in my life. So what do I want to do? I want to slow down. What do I need to do? I need to surround myself with beautiful people that are, mm, they're interesting. Those seem like really nice people. I love what they're doing. So now we're going to get to some numbers here, my friends. Okay. We're going to get to some numbers and I had to pull them today because I wanted to be actual. So um, as a podcaster, I have been doing this for 49 episodes now. Okay. So I upload every Friday, a, a, an episode every Friday except for last July, this past July, when I took my month off for my radical sabbatical because girlfriend needs some time off in order to be vital and fantastic and spending time with my loved one, Thomas, and my cat Elvis and my mother. You know, this is critical, taking time off, intentional time off, my radical sabbatical. Okay, sabbatical. So, and then there was another time, one month, um, when I had recorded an episode which the audio for my guest because she was in Italy, had terrible connection. I thought I heard her pretty well while we were having our discussion, but when it was time to launch it, Camille said, also the audio is not good. I'm like, it'll be fine. 
because I'd now spent a week working on this. And uh, and so we launch it and I asked some people, I'm like, hey, could you listen to the episode and tell me what you think of the audio? They're like, yeah, I can't really hear it. And I'm like, Hi, friends. Please don't forget, if you love listening to this podcast, please leave me a genuine review, an honest assessment and rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It would really go a long way for getting this movement out in front of more people. Thank you so much in advance. I really appreciate it. I had to pull the whole thing. I couldn't have, you know, with this beautiful guest that took me six months to get her on the podcast and you can't even hear her speaking. So I had to take the whole episode down and she's never come back as a guest because she's way too hard to get on the schedule. So that is a little lesson that really ticked me off. But what are you going to do? That's life, right? That's life in a fast lane, child. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here are some numbers. I want to give you a real podcaster. Okay. Now, I am consistent. I consider myself a professional. I have beautiful guests. I have beautiful cover art. I have gorgeous episodes that are all produced and all put out every single week by the angel Camille Osley. And so I have had 49 episodes, okay? Now, from November 11th, 2022 to November 7th, today, 2023, I have had 2,280 downloads of my podcast. <laughs> makes me want to cry. 2,280 times someone has listened to my podcast. Isn't that beautiful? I've told people the numbers along the way. They're like, wait, that's all you have? I'm like, what do you mean, wait, that's all you have? You're kidding me? That means that many people have actually taken the time in their life to listen to a podcast episode with one of my beautiful guests or with me sitting there talking about something important in my life. Do you know how important that is to me? I am honored. And I want to say thank you. If you have listened to any podcast episodes or all of my podcast episodes, thank you. And I love you for doing that. And I hope that you have gotten something joyous or meaningful or and meaningful out of the episode that you listened to. What else? Okay. So um, I my, this is interesting to me because I like to know where are the people listening from. So 44% of my audience are Americans. It's interesting. And 25% are Swedes. So that's about 69%. Um, and the rest of them are from UK, Canada, Belgium, Australia, Germany, Madagascar. Hi from Madagascar. How are you doing out there? Ireland, Israel. Thank you. And more and more and more. Are you kidding me? People from all over the world are listening. They're check. They're tuning in to us. They're tuning in to this station to hear what my gorgeous angelic guests are saying. Ugh, just I'm just honored. I just it makes my heart go to know that somebody takes the time and wants to listen in. And I hope that it makes a difference for you. Next. I, there's something called podcast fade. And I learned this from a woman by the name of uh, Kathy Heller, who has a podcast episode, uh, kathyheller.com. She's, she's a podcaster and she's got like 500 billion downloads and all that. She's terrific and a uh, very nice girl, has great guests. 
And um, she talks about podcast fade and podcast fade is people who start podcasts have humongous expectations that, well, I'm going to have like a million followers. I'm going to be rolling in the dough. I'm going to have my Land Rover pretty soon. And I'm going to be traveling all over the world. I'm an influencer, you know, all this stuff. Okay, now, let's come back to the real world now. Um, unless you are Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, you are Mel Robbins. I mean, and Kathy Heller, you know, these people that are humongous stars. Well, now Kathy Heller is a star. She didn't start as a star, but she has grown little by little by little by little um, her podcast audience. And she's been doing it for like six or seven years now. And that's terrific. And my goal, my intention of my podcast, I want to make a difference. If I make a difference to one person today, if there is one person listening to this today that needed to hear what I had to say for whatever reason, because people take what they want. You pluck what you want. You hear what you need. You hear, and it may not hit you right away, but it might hit you down the road like, oh, wait a minute. That's what also was talking about. Ooh, yeah. You know what? Maybe I can talk to my family about that. It is important maybe that we want to start talking about our aging mother or decluttering the home or doing Swedish death cleaning. You see, I mean, this is how the podcast has just rolled over this year. I didn't start talking about Swedish death cleaning. My God. I mean, that's something that has hit me after this summer when I'm being faced with my family's illnesses and we're talking serious stuff. It is serious, but it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm going to kill some myself for I mean, because I have to sit and talk about these hard things. No, we're talking about really important, vital, life-affirming things. And that's critical to me. That's important. Yeah. This is story time. This is all about the story time, okay? Okay, so next. Um, so uh, episode listeners, guests, how do I find guests? People ask me, so where do you find people to be on your podcast? I mean, like, are you like stalking them? I'm like, no. Every single guest that I have had is someone that I have found interesting, somebody that I have been listening to myself for years, somebody that I think is just spectacular, because I start, I'm very, very in tune to energies and I'm very in tune to people who are real, who aren't you know, blowing smoke up your Yahoo. Um, salespeople are not really like people who care more about selling their product or their services than actually getting into a deeper conversation. That's not really my guest. Now, I'll be honest, maybe one or two have been that, but I didn't know because I was new, right? And because I didn't really know them, I hadn't followed them, or maybe they were told to me by somebody else. I'm not naming any names at all. There's always something good out of every episode. But what I noticed, the common denominator of all my guests, I mean, I have had, look at, oh, this is my list. Look, these are all my beautiful guests that I have had. And the common denominator out of all of them, except for one, they're all business owners. Isn't that funny? Like I never even realized it until I looked at all their names and I looked at what, what they do and what we talked about. I mean, we're talking about the Enneagram Tarot. We're talking about astrology. We're talking about human design. We're talking about menopause. We've got coaches on. we got people who have been sick, who have had cancer, who have beat cancer, who have cancer now or are scared about getting you know, cancer coming back. 
We have people who have lost family tragically. We have had people who are doing estate cleanings. We have people that are grief coaches. I mean, it's got chills. The most beautiful, beautiful conversations. And that's important. That's important to me. And if I, the Akashic Records, oh my God, I've had like, I've had so many people now coming into my sphere that know how to read Akashic Records. That fascinates me. So of course I bought myself a book. I sure did. Oh, it's over there. How to Read the Akashic Records by Linda Howe, I believe, H-O-W-E. And she was referred to me by last week's guest, Wendy Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, from Light Always Wins. So, um, you know, what have I discovered about myself? All right, let me keep going because I could just talk about my guests for 20 days because they're just so beautiful. Um, so what have I discovered about myself this year? Um, I'm a bit of a pain in the ass, meaning that um, I do things my own way. I have a hard time doing things like other people. And that's why my coaching was so difficult for me because I looked at what everybody else did and I tried to follow, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, they did it that way. I'm going to do it that way. Yeah, oh, okay, I got to buy that program. And when I do that, buy that program for $5,000 to learn how to do that. And then I don't even do anything that person tells me to do. <laughs> yeah, think. Um, I'm just, I'm one of those people that I got to do it my way. I have to figure it out myself. Now, <laughs> every week when I have my podcast marketing updates, you know, my marketing, like little snippets where I tell people, okay, this is what this week's episode is about. You know, I'm sure there's a million more professional ways that I can hire people to do reels and to make it all fancy and technology and AI and all of it. I hate it. I don't want it. I want to be real. I want to show up in your face and say, hey, my guest this week is this person. I love her. She's got a heart of gold. This is what we talk about. I hope you'll, I hope we can count on your support and that you'll listen in. You know, this, that to me, me looking at you and talking to you, I'm talking to you. I mean, my heart is coming to your heart and asking, would you please listen in? So what else have I learned? I have learned that I'm actually really, really good at systems. I need systems. I'm not a free-for-all kind of a gal. Like when it comes to every single guest, every single guest before I invite them on my podcast, I have a form, a, a document that I send to them telling them, this is what you can expect. I love to set people up for success, yeah? I'm not like, oh, yeah, listen, whatever. Oh, by the way, here's the link. Here's how we, and this is where you're going to call me to record. No, no, no. You know, um, I have a system. I treat every single guest with kid gloves because they're my beautiful guests. They're coming into my home. They're coming into my heart first, and then they're going to be coming into your heart. You think I'm not going to treat them with kid gloves? I want them to know that they're the number one thing in my heart, in my mind, in my vision for that period of time that we are having this conversation. And then I also like taking that week to spend the time to kind of market their upcoming episode so people know who's going to be on. And then I also give them the opportunity to share the information with their um, their audiences so their audiences can also watch. Now, I don't do that to grow my audience. I do that because I want them to grow themselves with their audience. You see? my intention coming backwards. It's not to make a million dollars. It's not to make the million the subscribers. It's not to have a thousand billion downloads every hour on the hour. 
If that happens, terrific. My intention is my beautiful guest that comes into my home, that comes into my Zoom link, that talks to me, and we're having a conversation about something as important as their life. That's why I do this, because I grow, I learn, I love them, I love you, I want you to grow, I want you to learn, I want you to hear, I want you to experience what this beautiful messages are, and then I want you to take that information and I want you to pass it on. I want you to share confirmations or information or different details with your family, with your loved ones about things that are important to you, because that is how us as a collective grows. See, another thing I do before I speak to any of my guests, all of my guests, is... I take a tarot card. I pull a tarot card for every single person before we speak. That's interesting. The Eight of Wands. This is about communication, online communication. Isn't that funny? And that's exactly how I meet my guests. I meet them online. I meet them on Zoom. <laughs> before every single person that I speak with, before every recording I do for my podcast episodes, I pull a tarot card and I ask God, tell me, God, what does this person need to know today? What does this person need to hear today? Who is this person today in the world? And what does the world need to gather or gain from this conversation? Yeah. And that's how I start. That's how I start my episodes with my heart open, my heart wide open, and my eyes wide open. I see you. I hear you. I value you. I love you. Let's start a conversation. And that's it. This isn't an interview. It's it's an actual conversation. Like I'll add information and they give me information and we speak and I listen. I listen in, not just to their words. I look at them. I feel them because I am an empath. I am spiritually connected. I feel you. I share you. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful process. Oh my God. Um. All right. Do I have... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the common denominator of my guests is that they're business people and that they also dare to be themselves and put themselves out there. And I mean, they're doing tough things. They're doing hard things. Like, I mean, do you know how hard it is to be an astrologer or to be a uh, uh, somebody who reads the Enneagram like in your family? Like my family has no clue what I'm doing. I mean, now, I don't think anybody in my family actually even listens to my podcast, which is cool. Hey, listen, to each his own, right? I've got a big family out there. I got the whole world. So um, do I have, would I do anything differently? I'll be honest with you now. This year, I haven't earned any income because I've been doing my podcast. I remember, remember I put that on the back shelf. Remember, I put my life coaching in the whole, I got to make money. I've got to make money. I have to earn money. I put that on the back burner so that I can focus on my podcast, my craft of learning how to communicate and set up my system so that I can be comfortable and have comfort for my guest so that they can feel comfortable to share openly and honestly with me on the podcast so that you, the listener, can be driving down the road and listening as well and have your heart connect as well. I mean, how intimate is this? So that's the only thing that I can say is this past year, yeah, I've spent a lot of money. It cost me $700 a month to do this. Um, it's a lot of money. And yep, savings is going down, but you know what? God provides. God provides. And I'm not saying that like, as some idiot who's just like, oh, thank God, I know God just going to throw money at me. No, I'm doing this. I open my heart. 
And the answers are going to come. The answers are going to come how it is that I can earn money and continue doing this podcast going forward. I do not have advertisers. I do not have uh, Patreon. I don't have PayPal that I'm offering for people to give money to the effort so that I can continue on with this. I know my answers will come. I know they will come. They always do. Okay, so I think that that is um, what I wanted to cover as far as my first year. So now I'm going to end with a story and a, a reading. So I just got chills. This is what's so interesting to me. So I came to my mom's house here in Westerville, Ohio, to help her with decluttering her home because we're doing Swedish death cleaning. You know, she's Swedish, I'm Swedish, and she's half Finnish. So um, I wanted to do death cleaning in her home to organize, clean up, help her sort stuff out now so that she feels settled. And I'm down in the basement and I'm going through all my old real estate files, you know, all 11 years when I was a realtor. I had to save all those files for 10 years. So I had to get them shredded. Well, there was another box down there. There was another banker's box filled with old books. So I was going through the books and I find this one that is, I'm going to show you. It's not big. It's actually really quite thin. And I'm going to put my glasses on because... I can't actually see anything. So the book is called I'm Not Too Busy by Jody Hills. And I have asked for permission of this beautiful author to read her book on my one-year anniversary of my podcast. So you'll see my, wait, wait, do I have something in my eyes? <laughs> I have to have that on, otherwise I'd be sitting in darkness. So I'm going to read this, okay? And I want you to listen in. And I'm going to wrap it up with a story of where this book came to me from, okay? So I'm just going to show you, like in in here, you'll see it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book, okay? And it is signed by the author, Tristan Publishing out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, you ready? I'm sorry, this is going to be irritating if you're looking at me to have this on my eyes, but I have to read. Okay, when we move so fast, we miss so much. Sometimes when you're not looking, hours go by. I could have gone for coffee with the same friends I've canceled on three previous times, but instead went to the post office early so I could avoid the traffic and maybe beat the lines and still got held up behind the accident in front of me. Sometimes when you're not looking, days go by. I encourage my microwave to hurry as I'm checking my email and talking on my cell phone to my friend who's in his car rushing to his next meeting, and we're both worried that time is actually speeding up, but we can't get together because we're just too busy. So how does next week look? Sometimes when you're not looking, weeks go by. Calendars get filled, and we have meetings to set the next meetings. And lives are penciled in, easily erased by the next big events. Birthdays are belated. Children become adults, and grandparents' memories are forgotten. Holidays are celebrated before and after the actual date because they just don't fit into our schedules. Hearts and families are replaced with, we'd really love to stay, but, and hate to eat and run, but, and I'd love to, but, I'm just too busy. Sometimes when you're not looking, years go by. When ha We have to choose to slow down, 
to actually see the time and space we're in, to truly see people and accept them in their priceless moments. This time isn't speeding up. We are. We have this urgency not to just get to places, but to get there first, even if it's just ahead of that slow red car in front that's holding up all the traffic. There's so much pressure to pick the right line at the bank or the grocery store. And how dare they have 11 items in the express line when you are nearing the 14th minute of your 15-minute parking space? Lines get longer and tempers get shorter. And the only things getting closer is the end of our rope. We even shorten words like thanks and love as if shortening the word allows us to invest less energy, interest, and time. I'm not sure how much time we gain by writing two less letters. I'm certain someone has done the math, created a study, and is now fighting with someone else to prove or disprove the figures. <laughs> but I am sure of what is lost by not taking the time to say the words slowly, to write them out fully, and to mean them with all that we are. I need to stop and see things. Too many years have gone by. Pay attention to notice people, to care, to have relationships, to see the present, to enjoy the given time as a gift that is given that changes everything. And slowly, I begin to see you. I do see you. The smiling face that gets the thank you card, the hand that waves as you let me merge into your lane, the person alone on the bench, the heart that feels joy, the mind that seeks peace, the fronts that belong to the backs in line. The tears, the anger, the frustration, the glee, the anticipation. I see you. We all want to be seen. We all need to be acknowledged for that moment in time, that moment in time when you want to share your happy news or feel the warmth of an unassuming hug or to let the tears of a skinned knee to unload the frustration of hurt feelings or to rest your heart in unjudging hands. To look into someone else's face and know it's more than okay to be you. We're all asking for a few precious moments and looking for someone to say, I'm not too busy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing me. Even with all my faults and distractions, you do see me and I love that you do. With all my limitations, knowing that I can't reverse time, save time, hurry it along, or slow it down, I simply and humbly offer you a bit of my time, which is really just a part of me. If ever, whenever you need me, know, please know that I'm not too busy. So, this beautiful book has been sitting in my mother's basement, in my box, in a banker's box, since I moved to, well moved to Sweden, which was 2011, but before that it's been in a box since approximately middle of the 2000s. This book was given to me by Angela Statzer, the same girl that started More Moss to the People, More Moss to the People, the movement, with me. She gave me this book, and we've come full circle the 2023 and one-year anniversary of More Most of the People, the podcast. I see you. I love you. Thank you for being a part of this journey, and I hope that you'll continue on with it with me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast without him. This would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend Gregory Paul Donaldson. May he rest in peace who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.